Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk to you tonight uh, about how to stand by faith, how to stand by faith. And um, I can tell you, if you're going to be successful in standing against the enemy, you're going to have to know how he operates. You're going to have to know how he comes. You're going to have to understand how many of y'all know in any great battle or any army that's really a great army, they, all, they understand their enemy. They understand their enemy. They understand how their enemy operates. And so you and I, when we're, we're walking in this life, this Christian life, we have to know how the enemy comes against us. Amen. That's imperative. When we know how the enemy comes against us, then it becomes, we become, and we become skillful. See, we, all believers that are believers have faith, but not all believers are skillful with their faith. And so we all have faith if we're born again. But it's not just about having faith, it's becoming skillful with the faith you have. And your faith is obviously given to you to receive all that God has for you, but also your faith is given unto you so that you can use your faith to be able to stand against the enemy when he comes against you. Amen. So I want to, I want to see this scripture here in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll pick up a couple of scriptures. In King James, it says in verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, how many of y'all know you have an adversary? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now listen to this, this next verse. Whom resist, that means to stand against, whom stand against steadfast. Notice how, in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions or trials, he's not talking about sickness and disease there, he's talking about trials, are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, the Passion Translation out of verse 9 says this, Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Now, I want to read that again. Take a decisive stand. How many of y'all know you have to stand? You have to learn how to stand. Your pastor can't stand for you. Your wife can't stand for you. You've got to learn how to stand. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. So notice we are told to take a strong stance against the enemy's attack. How? By exercising our faith against him. Learning how to oppose the enemy by faith is how we skillfully overcome his attacks. When we learn how to stand skillfully, then we'll learn how to skillfully overcome his attacks. Now, look at this in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This is a familiar passage of scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And it says in verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, Whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession or confession before many witnesses. Notice the fight is a fight of faith. It's not a physical fight. It's a fight of words. Are y'all with me? It's a fight of words. And if it's a fight of words, then what you have to say when the enemy attacks you is crucial to your victory. 
If we are to stand by faith, and we are, and we know the enemy is going to come at us, and our fight is with words, then when he does come at us and he opposes us, we have to oppose him with words. Because the fight is not physical, the fight is with faith words. Not just with any words, faith words. So when the enemy comes against you, you have to know, you have to oppose him with words, with your confession. Not just mimicking scriptures, not parroting scriptures, but scriptures that are down on the inside of your heart that you believe, that you release out of your mouth, they have power. Are y'all with me? Now, look at this in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read this, we'll start here in verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice he didn't tell you to be strong in your power. He told you to be strong in his power. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, this is important right here. That you may be able to stand against the wiles. Circle that word wiles. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, our fight is not physical. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice, he's telling us that our fight is spiritual. It's not natural. Then he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Now, I want you to look again at verse number 11. It says that we are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, this word in the Greek is interesting because this word wiles here, it means a road. It means an avenue. It means a one lane road traveled back and forth. It means trickery, and it also means craftiness. So by Paul using this word wiles, he is telling you and I that when the enemy comes against your life, he's going to come the same way. He's going to come down the same road. He's not going to go a different road. He's going to come down the same road. These are the wild. He's going to come. So when the enemy attacks your life, he's coming down the same road. When you and I understand the road that he comes down and you and I learn how to stand against that road, you and I will be victorious. So this word wiles is not a trick. It's not a play on words. He's trying to get over a point to you and I that when the enemy attacks your life, your marriage, your home, when he attacks you, you in any area of your life, he's always going to attack you the same way. Not a different way. Not a different road. Same road. Now, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And Paul reveals to us the road he travels in this verse. He, tribble, he, he reveals to us the road. It would be like this, this alleyway right here. If I knew the enemy was coming down this road, he's not going down that road or that. He's coming down this road. How many of y'all know I, I'm already ready? I'm already ready to defend this road because he's not coming down any other road. He's coming down this road. Well, what road is he coming down? Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It says here in verse 11, it says, Least Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, this word devices in the Greek means mind, intellect, or the thoughts. It carries the idea of a deceived mind. Satan's plot to, to fill a human being's mind with confusion, 
lies and misunderstandings. One great expositor says it this way. This word devices bears the notion of mind games. The Amplified says to keep Satan from getting advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. So you and I don't need to be ignorant of the mind games, the thoughts or the attacks. The enemy comes when he comes. Knowing this, knowing that when the enemy comes, spiritual warfare is in the mental arena. So when the enemy comes, Paul is trying to tell us, listen, when he comes down, he's going to come down the same road. He's not coming a different road. He's coming down the same road. And this road that he's coming down is your mind. He's going to strike the mind. He's going to strike the mind with lies. He's going to strike the mind with accusations. He's going to strike the mind. It's an attack on the mind. It will always be that way. He will always come down the same road. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The word thinketh there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word shinar, and it means to split or to open. It means a place of access. It means a gatekeeper. So as a man thinketh in his heart, in his mind, so is he. Satan knows whoever controls the mind controls the person. He knows the way into your life cannot come through your spirit. If he wants to attack Pastor Noel, all he has to do is attack his mind. He cannot attack his spirit because God lives there. He can attack his mind. He can attack his emotions. He can attack feelings. To get you to go down the road he wants to get you to go down, he has to attack the mind. To get you offended, he attacks the mind. To get you separated from your pastor, he attacks the mind. To get you separated from anything, he attacks the mind. Know that. See, if you know that, then you know when the attacks come, you know it's the enemy. It's the enemy. He's going to come down the same road. It's not a different road. It's the same road. He's going to use the same tactics. The same way over and over and over. Now you think about your own life. When the enemy attacks you, where does he attack you? In the mind. He attacks you in the thoughts. He's trying to get your life moved in a different direction. He's trying to get you moved away from faith. He's trying to get you to move away from the word. He's trying to get you to move away from the truths of God's word. He's trying to, to get you to believe what he's suggesting. In the mind. He's going to strike the mind. So the enemy, all he has to do to move your life in a certain direction is to attack the mind first. But he don't attack it so abruptly that you recognize him. It's just subtle. It's just a little thought. It's just a little bit at a time. So much so that you don't recognize it's actually the devil. It's actually the enemy trying to work his way into your life. And he does so subtly. Just planning a thought about anything. It's not going to work out. You're never going to be. Whatever. Fill in the blank. His attacks are always going to come through the mind. And he will keep hurling these thoughts. He will keep hurling those. That's why it says there, the wiles mean he's going to come down the same road. And he's going to keep striking the mind, striking the mind to get movement out of the person. Daniel, don't turn there, but Daniel uh, chapter 7, verse 25 is a prophetic book. But in that verse of scripture there, he said in the last days, the enemy, Satan, is going to wear out the saints. The word wearing out in the Hebrew means in the mental arena only. So when he's coming to the last day saints, which you and I are, we ought to know 
We ought to know our enemy. We ought to know how he's coming. And then I stand against that road when he comes down that road. So what he's trying to do is wear you down. He wants to wear you out. He wants to wear you out mentally so that you'll start yielding to those thoughts. You'll start yielding to those, those feelings. So he keeps the pressure on you and pressure on whether it's financial, whether it's marital, whether it's your children, whatever it is, that pressure, he keeps that pressure on to get you to believe it, to get you to believe that this is really the way this thing's going to go. And he keeps going and he keeps going. And a lot of times what we're not doing is we're not defending our mind skillfully. We're listening to those thoughts. We're allowing those thoughts to stay within us and around us instead of learning how to get rid of those thoughts. And he keeps striking the mind and he'll keep striking. Why? To wear you out, to wear you down. He knows he can't touch your spirit, but he touches your mind, touches the soul. And it's slowly, a little bit at a time, just little bitty thoughts. We can't afford. It won't be. We can't have. We'll never be. You'll never have. Just thoughts that we don't deal with. If we're going to walk by faith skillfully, we have to learn how to deal with him skillfully. And it's slowly. You know, a couple of years back, I was uh, on a hike. I like to hike and I was hiking up in the woods and I was hiking in the woods and I ran around, went around this bend and the water was, was, you know, some drippage cascading over these rocks and it was hitting a rock. And as I was getting ready to walk it, the Lord told me, he told me to stop and look at this rock. And I'm looking at this rock and this, this water here is just dripping and hitting this rock. And I thought, wow, that, that rock is starting to get hollowed out. It's starting to get wore down. It didn't get wore down with a, with a, with a, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a stream, a constant stream, a, you know, real rush. It was just a constant drip. See, it was just a constant drip. And that's what the enemy does. He does it slowly. Amen. And the water doesn't do it all at one time. It does it through persistence. It does it through a slow drip, a little bit at a time, just enough that you don't identify it just enough that you can coexist with it just enough, just subtle enough that you don't pick up on it. And that's when the enemy is starting to work in your life and you don't even know it. So the water didn't do that by force. It did it by slow persistence over a period of time. And that's the same way the enemy works. Nobody wakes up one day and decides they're going to get a divorce. We back it up for how long? where it came in, maybe it'd be better to be married to someone else. It's just a thought. Nobody just wakes up and decides to do something. Are y'all with me? It's a slow, constant, persistent, where the enemy is slowly bringing thoughts into your life and not even sinful thoughts. But maybe you're just going to be broke your whole life. You've always been poor. You're going to be poor. Just a thought, whatever it is, just a slow drip. Just a slow drip, just a slow drip. We're not doing anything to turn that drip off. We just let it keep dripping, let it keep dripping, let it keep dripping. And it's working on our life and we don't even realize it. So he says here that we don't need to be ignorant. You're not you're ever going to be ignorant of his device again. I'm teaching you right now. His device is through the mind. He's going to come down the same road. He's going to use the same thing and it's the same thoughts. Now let's go back to Ephesians here. Ephesians chapter six. I want to go back there and pick something up here. 
Notice he says here, verse 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles, against that same road that he's coming down. Are you with me? And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, power, and rulers of darkness uh, in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the day. And having done all, stand, stand. Stand there for, there, stand, excuse me, stand there for having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Notice how he tells us in verse 14, how to stand against the enemy with the belt of truth, with the word of God. It's the word. That's how you stand against him. Really in the, the, in the Greek, this word stand, this word stand means to stand eye to eye. Against it means to stand eye to eye that you're not going to back down. You're not going to back up. It would be like, Grant, can you come up here for a minute? He's about as tall as I am. It's almost like he's the devil. He's coming to strike me down the same road. But when he comes, I have the word of God. I know he's coming down the same road. I know how he's coming against me. And what I'm doing is I'm taking the word of God and I'm standing eye to eye. And I'm not going to back down and I'm not going to budge. I'm not running. I'm not backing up. I'm standing eye to eye going, I double dog dare you. Thank you. That's what this verse of scripture is talking about. It's talking about us not backing down. Why? Because we have the belt of truth. We have the truth. Why a belt? Because it wraps everything up. It holds everything up. And realize this, this is the only rep weaponry that you have that's visible. All the rest of them are invisible. This one is visible. He said, I have given you the word to deal with the devil when he comes down the same road. Knowing that when he comes down the same road, knowing he's going to use thoughts, he's going to use accusations, he's going to hurl lies at you, he's going to say things that aren't true, and at that moment, what you are to do is to take the faith of God, your faith, stand against him, eye to eye, and don't back down. Standing there holding fast the word of God, not backing down, not going to budge. Hallelujah. Faith is for the fight. And it is a fight. And faith is to defend your mind. It's to defend yourself by holding forth that word. When he comes and says you're going to die earlier, you're going to get cancer, or you're going to be sick, or whatever the case may be, when he comes and strikes your mind, it's how you respond. It's how you respond to his attack. He's coming down the same road, you know that. He's going to give accusations, you know that. It's how you respond. When Jesus was, Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did he do? He responded with the word. It was a specific attack. It was a specific response. He used the word. What are we to use? The word. Now, look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Your faith in the Word of God is your greatest defense against the enemy's attack. Your faith in the Word of God. Well, you know, your mom died and she died of this and your dad died of this and you know their life ended. Yeah, well, that's not me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
I'm the healed of the Lord. First Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes we were healed. Matthew chapter 8, 16, 17 says, he took my infirmities. I declare I'm healed in the name of Jesus. See, I'm standing eye to eye, not backing down, not going to budge. I'm going to speak what the word of God says. I am going to defend my mind against wrong thoughts. It's not your pastor's job to defend your mind. It's your job to defend your mind. We don't pray to God to do anything about our mind. We use our faith and the word of God and feed on the word of God. And we use that word to defend our mind. That we're not going to back down. We're not going to budge. Are you with me? Second Corinthians chapter 10. This is all talking about the mind. You think about it when you're out working or you think about the issues that are going on in your life right now. Issues going on in your marriage. Issues going on with you personally. Maybe nobody else knows. Things that you think about. Things that you allow to go through your mind that aren't sinful things. They're just not fruitful. Things that you just allow to run through your mind that could be possibilities and sometimes they're negative. And we just don't, we just don't, uh, you know, really do anything about it. We don't defend our mind. It's like 2 Corinthians 2.11 when he was talking about there, it's almost like mind games. Your mind is not a playground for the devil. And you should not allow thoughts and allow things going through your mind that don't line up with the word of God. Instead of identifying that, that's the devil. Anything that has to do with loss, anything that has to do with wrong, anything that has to do with you, uh, you know, uh, being hurt or anything that it takes from your life, that's all the devil. And those are the thoughts coming down the same road. Thoughts you deal with, nobody knows about but you and God. And those thoughts often grow because we don't deal with them. And we got to learn to deal with them. We got to learn to be skillful with our faith. Especially when it comes to to the enemy and the enemy's attack against our life. No, you don't. You're not going to do that here. We declare it in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, praise God. says here, for our weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Notice our weapons of our warfare, they're not fleshly, they're not carnal, they're not natural. That's what he's saying here. Casting down imaginations, that's reasonings or considerations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Notice, again, he's talking about thoughts. Who's bringing these thoughts in the obedience of Christ? We are. Any thought that tries to rise itself above the word of God, we have the instructions from the word of God that we are to cast that down. We're to cast that thought down. Well, what if you don't cast that thought down? Eventually, if you keep hearing that and hearing that and hearing that, you eventually start believing a lie and then it becomes a stronghold. Then it becomes a stronghold in your mind. These strongholds he's talking about are strongholds in the mind. And they hold you there. Strongholds, they hold you there. You're held captive there. Growing up, I had a stronghold of poverty in my thinking. Never could see myself beyond where we are because that's just the way we lived. But it was a stronghold in my mind. The enemy had me and had me believing that I'd never get past where I was at. 
that I never have more, never live beyond this. And it was, it was okay with me because I didn't know anything else. And I just kind of co-occupied with these thoughts and never really realized they were evil thoughts or wrong thoughts or something that was holding me captive. Just kept listening to them. Then when these thoughts come, what did he tell you to do? Cast those thoughts down. You don't cast down thoughts with thoughts. You cast down thoughts with words. What word? The word of God. You're supposed to cast that thought down. You're supposed to get that thought away from you. You're not supposed to coexist with that thought. What do you do with the thoughts that come against you? What do you do? What, what do you do when those thoughts come and strike your mind? What do we do when those lies come and hurl those lies against us or those accusations? <clears throat> How do we respond to them? Do we respond to them? Amen. Something you got to think about. Now he says here, he says we ought to, uh, in verse four, he says pulling down strongholds. Now, it's interesting because this, this word strongholds in the Greek carries two different meanings. Two meanings in the Greek that this, this word carries. One is a prison and one is a castle or a fortress. A prison, obviously, is something that keeps you behind bars. You can see through the bars. You can see everybody else is free, but you're not. In other words, you're like you're locked up in a prison. You're looking through the bars. You see everybody having a great time and everybody living their life. But you can't live your life because you're all yoked up in your mind with a stronghold that's held you in. And that stronghold keeps you locked in like you're in a real prison. Even though there are no bars, you feel like there are. And those bars are real to you. And this place is real to you. And you see everybody on the outside that's free, but you're not free. Because you believed a lie. You believed an accusation. You believe something that seems so real, but it really isn't. But you believe it. That's called a stronghold. Then the other part of this word, uh, it carries, it means a castle or a fortress. Well, in a prison, a prison is meant to keep, keep you in, right? I mean, you can't get out of this prison. Well, a fortress or a stronghold, this other, it, it carries this idea, is if you've ever been to a castle, years ago we went to Germany and we went to a castle, you know, and we took a tour of this castle. And the walls were, I, I can't tell you how many feet thick they were. And this castle was never taken over because, you know, it was a castle and it was a fortress and nobody could get in. What's interesting, because he uses this word stronghold, where people can have a stronghold in their mind and they feel like they're in a prison. Well, they can also feel like they're in a fortress. And what that simply means is this, is you're in a castle and you got all the walls around you and you won't let nobody in. So in other words, when the truth comes to you, it hits the wall. You don't allow it into your life. People tell you the truth, but you don't believe it. See, that is a lie. You feel like that you're in this castle. People are giving you the truth, telling you, you know, what the word of God says to you. But it's like, yeah, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't believe it. See, you're in a, you're in a fortress, you're in a castle, you don't even realize it. A lot of people are in prison. A lot of people are in castles. And the lies that the enemy uses against you make sense. 
It also carries logical and illogical thoughts. Illogical thoughts are easy to deal with. Logical thoughts are the hardest ones to deal with because they make sense. Those are the ones the enemy brings at you. Things that make sense. You're poor. You'll always be poor. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I don't have enough money to do what I can do. That makes sense. And the devil tell you, yeah, you're never going to have it. You see everybody else enjoying their life, but he's telling you, you you're never going to get out of this place. You're never going. See, you don't identify that as a devil. You just identify that as life. We identify that as life. And that's just the way it is. You know, we've just always been this way. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And we don't say that, but we accept it. We don't, we don't use our faith against it. We're not standing eye to eye. We're accepting it at that point. Because it makes sense to us. Those are called logical thoughts. They make sense to you. And those are the hardest ones to deal with. My wife years ago, uh, of course, we've been married almost 30 years. But before that, when she was a teen, uh, the devil came. Of course, at the time, she wasn't born again. She didn't know. And uh, the devil came to her and told her she was fat. And she didn't know it was the devil. Just a thought comes that you were fat when she was a teenager. And, of course, she started to yield to that and would, you know, uh, not take her food. She'd take her food in and then, you know, regurg- you know vomit it out and different things. I don't mean to be so gross, but that's what she would do. Because there's thought came that you're fat. And she was as skinny as a rail. And through her teen years, it, 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 it was there. She didn't know how to deal with it. She wasn't a believer. But yet it was starting to take part of her life. And then when we got married, I didn't know what I know now. And she was telling me I'm fat. And I just laughed at it like this most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Fat, where? Show me. I know fat. What are you talking about? I mean, you just look at them like, well, you're, that's, not, that, you know, that's not right. You're not fat, honey. No matter what I told her, no matter who told her, she wouldn't believe it. She was in a fortress. She was locked up in a place. All the truth was coming to her, but it was hitting her walls and falling down. She wouldn't receive it. She wouldn't believe it, no matter who told her. And this went on for, for, for a, a quite a long time. And then one day, my mother, of all people, my mother told her, said, Angie, you're not fat. And she said, you need help. And she said, all of a sudden, that just registered in her. That I need help. I, I really need help. And she went and um, she went and made a uh, an appointment with Doctor Jacobs. He was our pastor at that time, and he laid hands on her. And she got delivered. And she never had any of that again. But see, here's a person that on the outside you would look at and go, "Well, no, you're skinny. What are you talking about?" But see, she was in this fortress. She was in this place. And she was locked up by herself. And I was trying to help her, but I couldn't get in. And this is where a lot of people are. They don't know how to use their faith or they don't use their faith and defend their mindset. Defend these lies that come. Defend these things that come against us. And we have faith to be able to stand with the word of God and declare what the word of God says. When Jesus was there in Matthew 4, you remember that, when he was tempted of the devil. And the devil said, if you're the son of God, turn these bread, these stones into bread. And what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. It is written. 
That's the way we are to respond. It is written and say specifically what the word of God says. See, it's not like, you, you know, you have symptoms in your body and then you go, well, I just pray I feel good. That's not specific. It's no first Peter 2, 24 says by his stripes, we were healed. I am healed. Peter was looking back at the cross saying, we are, we are healed. That's mine. That belongs to me. So I'm going to now stand on the word of God and defend that mindset that I'm going to always be sick. Or when the devil tells you, you've always been poor, you're going to be poor, you're going to stay poor. You have to defend that wrong mindset with the word of God. You have to say what the word of God says about you right in that moment. You have to cast that thought down so that it don't become a stronghold in your life. Are y'all with me? When I first started hearing about, you know, I didn't have to be poor no more. I mean, it was like a light switch went on, but my mind was not renewed to the word of God. It still thought broke. It still acted broke. It still thought broke, but I heard the truth that I didn't have to be broke. Well, then the, the, the responsibility lies square on me. What are you going to do with the word of God? And I started taking that word. You know, I was telling them this this morning in the, in the school when we lived in a, a trailer in the back side of a cornfield, we had a three-legged couch because one of the le legs were missing. We had carpet in our, 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 our trailer there. It smelled like wet dog. We didn't have a dog. It was people before us. And I shampooed that thing till the fibers were coming out. It still smelled like wet dog no matter what we did. And the word of God came to me through my pastor saying, you don't have to be broke no more. God, you have a supply. And so that was, a, that was foreign to my thinking because I'm all locked up in my mind how I'm going to always be poor. And he said, what you got to do is you got to take the word of God and you got to apply the word of God consistently, ongoingly until your mind is renewed. It changes. And so I took that word and I began to speak up and down, walking up and down that carpet saying, I'll never be broke another day in my life. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I had one polyester jacket and a Walmart tie. Had nothing. Had, I did, we, we were poor. I was only poor because I was poor in my mind and I had believed those thoughts for so many years. But now I know he's going to come down the same road. He's going to use the same thing. And I've got to learn to defend myself. And I started speaking the word and speaking the word and declaring the word and saying what the word said about me. Over and over and over and over and over and over month after 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 month. And many of those months I didn't see anything taking place. But it was taking place. It's like I told him this morning, something's happening when nothing's happening. I'm speaking the word. It's going down into my heart. I got, I got faith that says it does. I got the word that says it does. And it's working down on the inside of me. And I just kept working that word and working that word and working that word and working that word. And one day came. See, one day will come if you don't quit. If you don't give up, that one day will come. And that one day come and I knew on the inside, something's changed on the inside of me. The blade has come up. Something's happened on the inside of me. Everything around me looked the same, but something's going on down here. And you know what took place? Promotion began to come. Things began to come to my life. And it just revolutionized my thinking. It pushed all that stinking thinking out. 
and I started thinking in line with the word of God, it renewed my mind. It took poverty out of me where I can't even think poor. I knew I was like that. I can't think that way no more. Why? Because I know how he's going to come down the same road, use the same methods, and I've got to stand against him with the word of God. I've got to hold fast to the word. Remember, remember or, uh, uh, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to our profession without what? Wavering for he is faithful that promised. So all those thoughts that come against your mind, so what are you doing with those thoughts? Are you defending your mind or is your mind a playground for the devil? Are you responding to those thoughts that tell you you're going to be poor? You're going to be broke. You're never going to have, you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose everything. You enjoy it now, but it'll come. You're going to lose it. We're going to take it. And we don't do anything about those thoughts. Well, we live a good life. We're Christians. We come to church. Yeah, but how are you defending your mind? How are you defending your mind? What's going on in your head? So you got you to learn this. You got to learn. You take those scriptures and go, well, I know the road he's coming down. I know he's going to come and strike my mind. And when he comes, it's going to be a lie. When he comes, it's not going to be right. And I'm going to defend it with the word of God. I'm going to hold fast to the word. I'm going to speak what the word of God says. And I'm going to get on the other side of this. Did you get some help tonight? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to stop there because uh, it's about 815 right now. And uh, what I want to do tonight, there's a whole lot more to say, but we said enough. Just enough to get you going down that road. If you learned anything tonight, just learn he's coming down the same road. <laughs> same road. Not a different road. Same road. Same road. Going to do the same thing coming through the thoughts, coming through the mind. Now, let's all stand up tonight. I do have something I'd like to do by the Holy Ghost tonight. And uh, if you're here tonight, and, and uh, I don't know, you, you, uh, you probably come to this church, and I know you're ministered to a lot, but I want to make this available to you tonight. If you're here tonight, and you really, you would say, Pastor, you know, I, I, I'm like that person you were describing in that prison or in that fortress and you're, you're, you feel like you're in a prison today and you feel like that, you know, you're not getting relief in your mindset. I want to lay hands on you because there's an anointing that destroys the yoke. Now it's not going to renew your mind. You got to renew your mind, but that anointing will help you help that mindset to get you going in the right direction. Just like my wife, she had that, she was all yoked up in her mind and that anointing destroyed that at that moment. Then she had to renew her mind. A prayer line don't change your mind, but it can get that off of your life. Amen. And then you begin to renew your mind to the word of God. Now, if that's you tonight, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you what it is, but I'd like for you to come if you would. And I'll lay my hands on you. Praise God and, and minister to you tonight. Anybody need to do that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke. We thank you, Lord, that as we lay our hands on these tonight, Lord, we thank you for that anointing to be transmitted. We thank you for that anointing. Your word tells us as Isaiah 10, 27, that that yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. And we thank you, Lord, as we lay our hands on these tonight, that that anointing will destroy the yoke. And we thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name for your anointing and for your power. We thank you for your anointing and for your power. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, receive that. 
in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be free in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Be free in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be free in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for that anointing. Jesus' name. Be free. Jesus' name. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Loose him. Every bit of that to go. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that anointing. We release that anointing. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. We release that anointing right now. Break the yoke. Jesus' name. We thank you for that anointing. Loose her every bit of that to go in the name of Jesus. That that's held you back and held you in. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for that anointing, Lord. Thank you for that anointing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for that anointing. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory. And we thank you for that anointing. Who's that tonight? You're having problems in your lower back. You're having pain in your back. You got pain now, actually. Who is that? Praise God. <laughs> you got pain in it? You got pain right now? Yeah. You got pain in your neck? Yeah, in my back, yeah. Back in your neck. Right now, though? Yeah. Okay, lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we command healing to come right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus in your back. Jesus' name. Now pick him up. Yeah, feels yeah. good, don't yeah. it? Yeah. Feels good. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's a healer, isn't he? Yeah, he's my healer. You having pain in your back right now? Where's it at? Whoa. Jesus' name. Command healing to come to that back. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Every bit of that pain, go in Jesus' name. Now give God glory. Tell me what's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all gone, ain't it? Praise God. Huh? <laughs> yeah, just take it all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> you got pain in your back? Jesus' name would command healing to come. Be healed in the name of Jesus in your back. Every bit of that to go in the name of Jesus. Now give God glory. Tell me what's happening. It's warm in your hip. Move it around. It's working, ain't it? Is all the pain gone? Yeah, you have heat in your hip? Yeah. Praise God. He's a healer. You got pain in your back? In the name of Jesus, command healing to come. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now bend over. Tell me if your pain's gone. Huh? All gone. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come. Be healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Tell me what's happening. Pain's gone. Yeah, praise God. Just bend over and give Him, give him glory. Amen. Isn't God awesome? Pain in your back right now? In Jesus' name, command healing to come to that back. Pick him up. 
What's happening? It's gone, ain't it? Yeah. God's good, ain't it? Praise God. There's something else there for you. Something else for you. Hey, praise God. You got pain in your back? In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come. Be healed in the name of Jesus in your back. Every bit of that to go. In Jesus' name. Tell me what's happening. Yeah, it's stretching out. Yeah, it feels good. Praise God. You're the healed of the Lord. Isn't that great? Praise God. It's good to have no pain. You got pain in your back? In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come. Be healed in your back. Pick her up. Come on, get up. You can get up. Praise God. How we doing? Healed. Praise the Lord. How we doing? All right. Isn't God good? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we dishonor you. We give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the power of God. I know this may be a little difficult, this word I'm going to give, but if you're here today and you're struggling with any sort of suicidal thoughts or any sort of depression, and I'm not talking about just having a bad thought. I'm talking about you are really under it and you've been contemplating this. I I just want to give the opportunity. If you're here, Jesus will set you free. If you're dealing with that, I want you to come. Thank you. Yeah, praise God. There's freedom. There's freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority. Anybody else need to come for that? Hmm. I take authority over that. Looser, every bit of that. Break that over your life in the name of Jesus. Every bit of that to go from you. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. Praise God. Come here. Come here. Uh, Come here. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands to heaven, Father, and I thank you for the joy of the Lord. Oh, praise God, the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. To come upon her in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Ha ha. Just begin to laugh. Praise God forever. Just begin to laugh. (laughs) Pastor Noel, come up here. Pastor Noel, come up here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that anointing. Mm. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! Come here. Jesus' name, Father. Your wife, come up here. Wife. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for that anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that anointing. Thank you, Lord, for that anointing. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on, let's praise God. Praise God. Father, we honor you and bless you and give you praise and give you glory. We honor you and bless you and give you praise and give you glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you. We're coming up. We're coming up. We're coming up. We're coming up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Coming up in the name of Jesus. We're coming up. Things are changing for us. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you in this place. There's somebody here tonight, you've had problems with your digestion. Who is that? You've had problems in the digestive area. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. You ready? Come here. Put your hand on her. Jesus, say, Father, we thank you for that anointing. Command that healing to come. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for straightening that out in that intestinal tract, whatever that is. We thank you, Lord, for straightening that out in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for that anointing in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that anointing in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that anointing working on the inside in the name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that anointing. Thank you for that anointing in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for fixing it. Fixing that in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for that anointing. Hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, something happened there in the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We give God all the glory. We give God all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody here have any sort of uh, warts, lumps or bumps, warts or tumors or anything like that? Praise God. Where's it it at? Yeah. Loose him. Every bit of that to go in the name of Jesus. Command every bit of that to go. In the name of Jesus. Something's happening there. Yes. Jesus' name. Every bit of that to go in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. The name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Where you got in your leg? Jesus' name. Command that to go from you. Looser, every bit of that to go. Curse that wart, command it to leave. Where, where you got it at? On your ear? Jesus' name. Curse that wart, command it to go. Loose him, every bit of that to go. You know, I had a guy, a kid in my church had warts all over his hands. Way hand on my, every one of them disappeared. Had a video screen and had all his warts and then had a hand up again and all of it was gone. God's working in you. Yeah, I laid my hands there and something hit that thing. Praise God. That thing is, yeah, praise God. Jesus' name, we curse those warts. In Jesus' name, from the root up, whatever it is, Lord, the bump, lump, wart, looser every bit of that to go in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You got wart or what? Cyst. In the name of Jesus, we curse that command healing to come. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Every bit of that to go. Nodule on you, is that on your thyroid? In the name of Jesus. Command healing to come. Be healed in Jesus' name. Every bit of that to go. And that for that thyroid, now to start regulating right. Yeah, start regulating right in that thyroid. You know somebody needs that. Father, we release that anointing right now into this prayer cloth. We thank you that when it's laid on the person's body that they'll be healed. There's an evil spirit present. It'll depart. We thank you for the power of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Working. Praise the Lord. You all right? Here you go. Come on, get up. I can help you. Praise God. You all right? Yes, sir. Praise God. Praise God. I can use some 
Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Command healing to come to that. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Wait, wait, what's up? Got a bump there? In the name of Jesus. Command healing to come. Be healed in Jesus' name. I'll hear you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every bit of that to go. Who's got the problems with the ears? Got ear, ear problems. What's up? Been clogged up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lift your hands to heaven. In the name of Jesus, I command healing to come to these ears. Be healed in Jesus' name in these ears. Open in the name of Jesus. And when she gets up, we'll check her. What's up with your ears? Same thing. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come to these ears. Be healed in Jesus' name. Command them to open. How we doing? It popped, didn't it? Yeah, praise God. Yeah. Yeah, it's still on you. Praise God. Just let the Lord do what he wants to do. What's up? What's up with it? Creative, creative miracle. Is it you cannot hear out of it? I can hear, but just vaguely. Oh, that ain't no good. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come to this ear. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And check him when he gets up. What's up? And both ears? In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come to these ears. Be healed in the name of Jesus. How we doing, Dad? I can hear. Yeah, you can hear it's going to get better, better, and better in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for that creative miracle on the inside of his ear. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. What's up? Okay. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come to these ears. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Open. Praise God. Check him, interview him when he gets up. What's up? Full of water. This one here? Can you hear all of it? How are we doing? You can hear good. What's that? It's kind of muffled a little bit. In the name of Jesus, we command healing to come to this ear. Be healed in the name of Jesus in your ear. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How are we doing now? Huh? Moving around a little bit. Check it out. That's better? All right. Praise God. Just want to make sure. Hallelujah. I told a student, say, ain't no sense in sitting in a room hurting. Can't learn when you hurt, man. Right? Praise God. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been blessed tonight. Thank you all for allowing me to minister. I'm so glad for all the people who got healed. And I'm just so thankful for the word. God is so good. And uh, we just appreciate this church. We appreciate your pastors. We appreciate this precious family. And uh, praise God. God's good. There's an anointing. There's a refreshing in the house. Just lift your hands and receive it. Father, we receive it right now. We receive a refreshing upon our life in the name of Jesus. Upon our families, 
Hallelujah. And we give you praise and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. And all of God's people said, God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.